You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. And we're back here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk, powered by Larry King Law on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 with the coach Ed Young. I am Matt Hatfield in uh, hour two now with us, and we are pleased to be joined by a special guest. He is with the Richmond Times Dispatch, covers the ACC for them. He's a husband, a dad, a foodie, a dog lover, Jersey guy. He's also part of the Teal and Barber podcast, as well as an AP and Heisman Trophy voter. Read his work, Richmond.com, Richmond Times Dispatch. We say hello and good morning to Mike Barber. Mike, we appreciate you and your wife giving you a few minutes to give us some time today to talk some ACC. How you been? I've been excellent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you hit it all on that aisle. I'm actually in the grocery store standing in the dog food aisle. So we hit, we hit a couple of those things uh, right here with my location. Well, we're used to that because Ed, my partner here and longtime basketball coach at Nans, whatever with 500 plus wins, had his dog barking earlier in the show because he, he was texting him. He taught his dog how to text. So if you can do that, you're really doing something. I'm going to have to put that on the to-do list. Right now, all I can do is lock my dogs on the porch when I go on the radio. Uh, well, that's not a bad thing to do. we we got to teach Ed to do that with his dog. But uh, let's get into it. I know last night was a very, if, if you watched it, and I know you did and so many others around the state, tough loss. It looked like you know UVA was going to pull it out against Florida here in the uh, College World Series. You're, you know, a big matchup here. You feel like when they get that hit from Harrison Didowick, who's a local product from area in Chesapeake Western Branch High School, RBI triple gives UVA some insurance at 5-3 to three in the ninth. They've got it, but just a bullpen meltdown and just a tough way to see that one end. And now it's elimination time, if you will, win or go home for them moving forward here. Yeah, and you know it's, it's interesting that game sort of unfolded exactly the way you would have previewed it, right? When I wrote about what was coming, and when people asked me what did I think about Virginia's chances, I said I love their lineup. I think they're they're patient but aggressive. I mean, they're going to swing at the first good pitch, but they're not pressing. They're not worrying if they don't score in the first inning or second. They know it's coming, uh, and the lineup did that. The lineup delivered runs late in the game. I said the starting pitching uh, has a chance to really carry them through in Omaha, and I thought Nick Parker's start was that, right? He kind of battled through, kept going, kept plugging along till the offense erupted, and then I said my one concern was the back end of the bullpen. Uh, Jay Wolfuck's been shaky. They've been trying to mix and match with Evan Blanco and uh, certainly uh, Barry, and, and then you saw last night it just didn't work, and the bullpen imploded, and uh, you know they blow a game, and it's just one game, but the statistics are, I think it's 27 of the last 35 national champions have won game one. It's just so hard to advance when you're living the whole time out there in the, in the loser's bracket. So um, just a disastrous ending for them. Well, and their coach, Brian O'Connor, is one of seven active coaches to win a national championship. So he knows what it takes to get there. But certainly a lot of criticism, criticism today about, and even after the game, about Jake Berry in there. They bring in Wolfolk in a tough spot. He has no regret is what O'Connor said. And whether you're a fan of you know my team, the Diamondbacks in the major leagues, Ed's a Yankees fan with Aaron Boone, whoever it is, college baseball, it feels like bullpens now in the sport. It's so hard to get these last three to six to nine outs, whatever it might be, holding on to a lead. And 
in college here, do you feel like, and you've covered sports for a long time, Mike, that the you know the it has a lingering effect, momentum, or is momentum really the next day starting pitcher as UVA turns the page here, moving forward here, trying to extend their season coming up on Sunday in the two o'clock elimination game on ESPN against a very hot hitting at times TCU team. Yeah, I think it depends on the situation, and unfortunately for UVA fans, you're not going to want to hear this. I think in this case, uh, the momentum is real and it's negative. Um, you looked at, at Jake Berry and his struggles, and you know this isn't a particularly hard throwing bullpen. Uh, whether it's Evan Blanco or Jake Berry, Wolfsuk's the guy who brings the heat, and, and I think what you saw, undeniably, and, and Brian O'Connor's outstanding, and he's a great guy, and um, you know I mean this respectfully, but I, I don't believe him when he says he's got full confidence in Jay Wolfsuk. Because if you have full confidence in Jay Wolfuck, then Barry isn't out there laboring and leaving balls up in the zone and hitting batters. It's just, it, it doesn't, what you're saying doesn't match what you're doing. It's clear that they have lost confidence in Wolfuck. They tried to get through with Blanco and Barry, and it didn't work. And, I mean, to the point that, I mean, the guys on TV announcing were saying, you know, he's clearly done. He's got to be done after the batter. And then Oak kept sticking with Barry, kept sticking with Barry. That tells me that they're not confident in Wolfuck. Wolfuck's the only guy who's really a flamethrower out of that bullpen. Um, that really becomes, going forward, uh, the biggest question mark and doubt about this team. Yeah, it feels like the confidence is shaking a bit here, Ed, because as you know, coaching basketball, we've talked about it with the NBA Finals and so forth, and, and decisions made by guys like Ime Udoka for the Celtics, fill in the blank. Uh, the coaches, afterwards, it's always easy, to sit, always easy to sit back and be the uh, armchair quarterback, if you will, the second guesser, and it's not an easy spot. He's in there after that one last night. Yeah, you know, I, the thing I wanted to ask Mike is, I was telling Matt, I get excited, and I'm, I'm kind of going to go to the left here. I get excited about um, all sports. And of course, I'm big in basketball. College sports, I love love college sports, the, the NCAA tournament, college football. But help me as to why I don't get excited about the College World Series when, if you're not going to watch any college baseball, this is when you watch it. It's the better teams. And I've talked with some people, and they tell me they don't even watch college baseball. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I'll watch it occasionally just to see some names coming up. And, of course, I'm rooting for Virginia's or a Virginia Tech's or a Madison who's ever in their Old Dominion. It, it, do you feel this from other people, or is it just me that, for some crazy reason, I can't pick up on um, an event that is as good as the College World Series? Well, you know, it's an interesting sport because it, I always say this. The teams that make it to Omaha are legitimate teams, right, because you play so many games. Uh, but because you play so many games, I think that's one of the reasons it's hard for, for fans to maybe get into it during the regular season. Uh, you know, you think about what's happening out there and, and how many games these guys are playing. And yeah, I've, I've got friends who are season ticket holders and are there for every home game. That's a lot, right? I mean, it's, it's, I'm not saying that we're lazy, but it's easier to watch every football game. It's easier to watch every basketball game. There's a ton of baseball, and, and it doesn't seem to build the same momentum um, that other sports do go into their postseason. It, it is almost like, hey, College World Series is here, and all of a sudden some people start tuning in. Uh, that being said, you know, if you are a baseball fan at any level, like you said, I think it's a great opportunity to see some up-and-coming guys. I think about Paven Smith and, and you know, the years I got to watch him with UVA and what he's doing now, uh, Andrew Abbott with the Cincinnati Reds. I'm not sure what it is exactly that, that's missing, if it's marketing, but I think the number of games is part of the reason that People just seem to have a hard time latching on to college baseball. You know, I, I, was, I was thinking about you when you said marketing, I kind of thought maybe it's not quite marketed, and, and that's crazy in this day and age of social media marketing as some of the other sports are. 
Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I think they do hype up the College World Series, but it feels a little bit to me and almost like the Olympics where all of a sudden you turn on the TV and the Olympics is on and maybe you're super into it for a couple of weeks and then you don't really think about it again until four years later and you're flipping channels and, you know, oh, the Olympics is on and you're, and you're back into it. And, um, or if you're a guy who doesn't you know, discriminate by seasons, then every two years with winter and summer. But it, it does have that feel. And I don't know if it's marketing because certainly the College World Series, the attendance is great. Uh, the atmosphere at the games is great. Uh, the ESPN TV contract is favorable, the, the amount of games that are on television. Uh, but it just doesn't seem like during the regular season there's any momentum for fans going into the postseason unless you are specifically a fan of a team that's having a great year. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Mike, with the Olympic comparison to a degree. And somewhat, too, with baseball, with the college tournament, I get the sense, you told me if I'm wrong, a little bit of it, too, is sometimes a guy might just be a random fan, casual observer, not the diehard of you know UVA or Old Dominion, James Madison, Virginia Tech, fill in the blank, whatever school it might be. You know, It could be a Coastal Carolina, TCU. And they don't know if this is an elimination game. Do they win this? They still want who they're playing because the brackets are a little different, unlike the NCAA basketball tournament or when you get to the college football playoff. You know it's a win or go home or a bowl game. This is it. ACC championship. This is it type of deal or they have a bowl game coming up. Sometimes a little bit of the mystery. I'm not sure maybe some of the, I wouldn't say your media, because you guys do a good job with it, cover it in the paper, know the ins and outs of it to a degree. Yeah, that's fair. I think if you're a fan and, and you, you, know, you get interested and you go to the regional, and then you go to a super regional, it's totally different, right? <laughs> you know, the regional, you got four teams, it's double elimination. Then you're at the super regional, and it's a best two out of three series. You say, okay, I think I got it. And then you tune in for the first round of Omaha, and now you're back to double elimination. And then if your team advances, now you're back to a best of three again. So it is a little bit um, disjointed and maybe jarring. Like you said, if you're a fan that lives and dies it, you're used to it. And, and you're thinking about, okay, this is what my team's going to do in the regional, and then we'll be set up this way pitching-wise in the Super Regional. If you're a baseball guy, it's really fun to get into with those different formats, how your team is going to approach it, how different things are in a double elimination versus a best of three. But if you're the casual fan and you're tuning in, yeah, it's easy to kind of feel like um, you know, you're looking at the middle of the map and, and somebody spilled coffee on half of it, so you're not quite sure where you are. <laughs> That's a good one. We're talking with Mike Barber. He of the Richmond Times-Dispatch here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Make sure you follow Mike on Twitter at RTD underscore Mike Barber. Also tune into the Teal and Barber podcast. When you follow Mike on Twitter, you'll get a link to that and also Richmond.com for all your coverage as we're about 70 days away from the start of college football thereabouts, Ed. Well, that leads me into the next question, uh, Mike. Uh, let's divert from the round ball and go to the odd-shaped ball. What uh, What is your kind of early look? Let's do UVA first, and then uh, it's a little bit of Virginia Tech maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm not overly optimistic for, for UVA. I think there's um, a lot being rebuilt. I, I don't think they have much momentum off of year one under Tony Elliott. I think he's doing some great things in terms of laying the foundation of what he wants his program to be. We certainly wrote ad nauseum about his sort of uh, stubborn commitment to what he wants to be offensively and, and not really blending it all. Uh, and, and now I look at, you know, I think from that standpoint, they've laid a nice foundation. I look at the players in the roster and I just think, man, there is not enough talent and there are too many holes for this team to be really good. I, I think this feels like a three to four year rebuilding project. And if you're a coach, that's terrifying because not everybody gets that fourth year. Uh, it, it will be interesting to see what the expectation is, certainly from the fans, but fans want to win, what the expectation is from uh, the athletic department, the athletic director, Carla Williams. Uh, you know, is Tony Musket uh, a legitimate ACC quarterback? What is Jay Wolfe going to be after 
finishing up with baseball? Is he a guy who's going to provide something? Um, I think they're going to be okay defensively, but I just have a lot of questions about the offense. Uh, and I look at the schedule, and this feels like a three to five win team, which uh, maybe that's progress, but it certainly isn't anything people are going to get overly excited about. Well, and to follow up on that, Mike, look at the schedule out of the gate for both. Tech opens up at home against Old Dominion. As they've learned, there's no guarantee for that. You can fill us in on the Hokies a little bit to follow up on Ed's question with the Hokies. But then they have Purdue, Rutgers, UVA schedule out of the gate is more of a gauntlet. At Tennessee, hosting James Madison, who's no longer an FCS. They're an FBS, and they showed last year they're for real. At Maryland, it's going to be a tough game. They'll be the underdog in that game. It feels like Tech has a better chance to get off to a start. Do they have as many questions in their eyes from your perspective? What's your feel on them as you look at the schedules and also the Hokies? So, yeah, I feel better about Virginia Tech. Uh, I feel better about their schedule. You're right, which is so important when you're, I'll say this bluntly, when you're not very good, um, having the chance to build some momentum in your early schedule really helps. Whereas you look at Virginia, I mean, there's a decent chance they're 1-3 and three or 0-4. Oh uh, really tough to kind of get out of the mud once you're stuck and mired in there. Uh, I, I think Virginia Tech looks like it's got more talent, particularly in terms of, I thought a year ago they just had a dearth of playmakers. They did not have many guys that you thought, okay, if you get him the ball, you're in good shape. Um, certainly Caleb Smith, the wide receiver, was very good. He ended up leaving for Notre Dame and then, and then ending up giving up football altogether. Um, but I think they've got a lot more playmakers, a lot more people at the skill positions. I think that's going to give them a chance. And uh, you know, Will it be Grant Wells or Kieran Drones at quarterback? That's certainly a big question. If it's Wells, is there a package for Drones to get him involved and get some of that athleticism on the field? It just feels like they have a lot more pieces to play with this year. You know, a year ago, I understand they weren't great in Brent Price's first year, but I thought they were record-wise about what they should be based on their talent, whereas I thought Virginia had a little more talent and maybe underachieved in Tony Elliott's first season. I get you out on this one here, Mike. We appreciate you coming on. I'm sure we'll get you back on as we get closer to the start of football. Uh, if you had to pick one team to win the ACC, we already say, what's well, Clemson. Is it Florida State this year? Because there seems to be a lot of buzz about the Knowles, and I'm sure you and Till will be talking about us on the podcast as we get closer to kickoff in August. There seems to be a lot of love for the Knowles right now. Yeah, and I'm, I'm in that list. Okay. Right? I think we, we had this long, almost a decade of saying, is Miami back? Is Miami back? And they'd have some talent. But they, Florida State has felt more like a progression, more like Mike Norvell has been building that thing up, uh, stockpiling talent, stockpiling depth, adding great pieces through the transfer portal. I really like Florida State as the team to, to challenge Clemson. It's funny, you know, we're done with divisions, but to me it's, it's still the Atlantic division. I think North Carolina State is going to be intriguing with Brennan Armstrong. Um, I don't know that they're quite at the Clemson FSU level, but I think they're right there. I think defensively they're still going to be really good, and I think with Robert and I calling that offense with Brennan Armstrong, I think they have a chance to make strides there. So I think the three best teams in the conference may very well have been coming from the old Atlantic Division. Which is strange now without the divisions. Now you got the uh, the split situation there, so it'll be a lot of fun. Well, uh, always check out the work. Does a great job. Mike Barber, Richmond Times Dispatch. Go read it at richmond.com and follow him on Twitter, RTD underscore Mike Barber. Enjoy your weekend in the grocery store adventures with the kid, the dog, the family, everybody, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, hey Mike, you're suggesting check out the blue dog food. My dog goes nuts for it. He opens the bag on his own now. All right, I think we lost him after that. I think he'd hung up. Oh, before. he missed it. He missed your. Yeah, you get back and get the. Yeah, the you'll groceries. have to text him that. Yeah, because he had to run. I'll let groceries. my dog text him. Yeah, you let your dog text his dog. <laughs> On the next episode of Seven Five Seven Saturday Sports Talk, dog Dog's suggestions texting. with. 
Coach Sean. Oh, boy. you got to help these people out. And, of course, I had to tell Matt not to feed the monkeys. AJ, after all these weeks, do you see why coaches are wired differently than everybody else? They're not normal people. I see why this coach is wired differently. (laughs) They're not normal. They're abnormal. They're different people. But listen, to their defense... They've had to deal with kids. How many years do you deal with kids? 30-something years? I can't. Now, hold on. That's voluntary, though. Well, no. no. I better get paid. I better paid. get paid. I better it get ain't paid. voluntary. Yeah, I ain't doing no voluntary at all. Yeah, these. but I'm saying you can get paid to do any job that you love doing basketball. Well, you well, know, he doesn't get a whole lot. You don't get a whole lot for that stipend to coach. Four grand before taxes. <laughs> is, is that really what it is? $4,000 oh, before boy. taxes. That, I mean, that's... In all honesty, that is a joke. That is a joke. (laughs) And I am going to say this. They get mad at me. All the schools, not just Suffolk, any school. For what you guys, and I see what all you guys and gals do, it is peanuts compared to what you all do. I think the stipend should be more. Now, do I have the budget and and the ability to make that more? No, I don't. So I'm I'm speaking out of that turn. What are you saying on that, Dick? Listen, our, our local high school coaches should get paid more. I am in favor of that. I need to go to places like Kentucky. Indiana, where they pay it. Go to Rich. Coach. Go to Georgia, like Rich Morgan did. He got 40, paid forty-five, yeah, fifty thousand just did. to coach. Just now to coach. they give you a contract, like colleges and pros do. And if you don't win, they get fired. I would take that in a heartbeat. Okay, we will come back to see if Ed can get another victory in fact or fiction. Mike Speaking Hatfield's of peanuts, peanuts. Oh, he throws them. Trust me, we yes, know that. Yes, that's, that's another. That's, that's a real, another story. That's another story for our time. It's coming your way on your favorite sports radio station, high school, college, pro, local. We got it all for you. On 757 Saturday Sports Talk, powered by Larry King Law, here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. On this Father's Day a weekend edition of 757 Saturday Sports Talk, Matt Hatfield here with you, the coach Ed Young, as well as A.J. Risser, other side of the glass. Ed, you know what happened 29 years ago today? As you hear the factor fiction music playing in the background from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? We had our game show hosts uh, earlier, our top five list. We did some of those, and you can send us your opinion on best game show hosts on 757 Sports Talk. 29 years ago today, I've got you perplexed over there as you're looking around. that's when I won my first factor feature. No, we, we weren't doing the show 29 years ago today. It was actually, as we bring in our next guest who's going to play you in Factor Fiction. He remembers this vividly because he was throwing peanuts at the TV along with many other fans of the Knicks or Rockets. 29 years ago today was the O.J. Simpson Bronco chase that kept interrupting a very physical and pivotal Game 5 of the 94 Finals between the Houston Rockets and the New York Knicks where the Knicks took a 3-2 lead but ultimately lost the series in Game 7 down in Houston. We say hello to... At the time, a little bit of a Knicks fan, but he's a diehard San Antonio Spurs fan, and he is an alum of James Madison University. My father, on this Father's Day, wanting to defend his 2022 victory. He lost in 2021, he claims, to Ed Mike Hatfield. Good morning, Pops. You remember the OJ chase, do you not? I do, indeed. The worst part of it, even on television and in the garden, is they had a picture-in-picture, and OJ had the bigger box than the ball game. Yeah, that drove that drove you very mad, as I've heard for many many years that they would have the chase over the ball game, and uh, people were booing as you were watching, along with other people uh, that night. So that was a very very difficult uh, situation. Are you ready to play Ed and beat him in fact or fiction? 
I certainly am. All right. Well, that was a very confident statement. Hold on now. Hold on. Let's shake hands. Come on, Mr. Hat. Let's shake hands now. I'm shaking hands, okay? (laughs) Virtual shake hands. Calm down. I know you've been studying, and Matt gave you half the answers. I I understand how he works. No. Because the sons of loyalty, there's nothing like it. Yeah. It just goes with a good good attitude and a great outlook. That's right. All right. Besides that, you're whooping with the belt like you did many times when he was younger. (laughs) Never used the belt. Never did. All right. Here's how the game works if you're just tuning in for the first time. We ask uh, five sports-related questions. They can always be local, high school, pro, whatever. And today it's going to be mostly focused on the NBA with a couple of baseball, football sprinkled in here. They're worth one point for a correct answer. We'll alternate who goes first. And the bonus question is worth two points. And uh, at the end, we'll see who wins. AJ will keep track in there, so I'm not biased, although I want uh, the guy with the last name Hatfield to beat the guy with the last name of Young. And we'll let the guest go first because he won last year. So, uh, all right, here, Pops. This is question number one, fact or fiction from Mike Hatfield. The Denver Nuggets went 16-4 and in the 2023 NBA playoffs, which is the identical record of the Colorado Avalanche during the 2022 NHL playoffs that saw them also hoist a championship trophy at its conclusion, is that a fact or is that fiction? I think that's a fact. All right, Mike Hatfield says fact. Ed Young, the Denver Nuggets went 16-4 and in the playoffs this year in the NBA. Identical record of the Colorado Avalanche in last year's NHL playoffs that also saw them hoist a trophy at its conclusion. Do you agree with Mr. Hatfield that it's a fact or do you disagree and say it's fiction? Fiction. Ed says fiction. AJ, Mike Hatfield says fact. Put a point down for Mr. Hatfield, who leads Coach Young as we begin this fact or fiction game. They both were identical. So the Avalanche won, a, won the Stanley Cup last year? In Colorado, and they had the same playoff wow, record as I the sleeping? Nuggets this year. Yeah, you were sleeping all right. We don't want to say where, when, who, why, what. All right, question number two, and Ed goes first. Ed Young, in game four of the NBA Finals, Denver's Jamal Murray had 12 assists and no turnovers. That marked the most assists without a turnover in a game in the history of the Finals. Is that a fact or is that fiction? As Ed is trying to study his arm to see if it has the answer. I don't know why. No, it's not in those cards cards either. You can flip through the cards all you want. How come I keep stopping at Jason Kidd? Uh, Well, maybe he did it. He did play in the Finals. You got to give us an answer, by the way, as you scratch your lip and continue to think about this. Let you need to repeat me the question. Fact. 12 right. and oh, yeah. Okay. Ed says fact. Mike Hatfield, this is a chance to take a big lead here. In game four of the finals, Denver's Jamal Murray had 12 assists and no turnovers. That marked the most assists without a turnover in a game in the history of the finals. Do you agree with Coach that it's a fact, or do you say, no, it's fiction? I can't believe that. I'm going to have to go fiction. Mike Hatfield says fiction. Ed Young says fact. Who do you think got it right, Risser? I, I want to say fiction. You want to say fiction, so you agree with Mr. Hatfield. I think I do. Well, you guys are smart people because it is fiction because Magic Johnson had 13 in 1987 with no turnovers, and Robert Reed, remember him? Not yeah. the not the Reed that was the Brady Bunch. Robert Reed of the Rockets, 1986, had 17 assists, so oh it's a fiction. God, so Mike Hatfield's got a commanding 2-0 lead as he goes first on Coach Young for question number three, and this was a... Baseball question, Pops. Ricky Henderson is the last Oakland Athletics player, he was a fast guy now, to lead the American League in stolen bases. Is that a fact, or do you think that is fiction? I'm going to say that's a fact. All right, Mike Hatfield says fact. Ed Young, you've disagreed with him on every question. Why not now? Ricky Henderson is the last A's player to lead the American League in stolen bases. Do you think it's a fact like he does, or do you say that's fiction? I can't think of anybody that's been running for them. Since 
Henderson, Burt Campanaris would have been before Henderson. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say fact. So you agree with Mike Hatfield? It's yeah. a fact. Risser, do you think it's a fact? Risser's shaking his head in there. No, you think they're both wrong? Huh? I had one name in my mind, Who so was I'm that? gonna say fiction. I'm gonna say Coco Crisp. You are. Look at you. That is a brilliant job by Risser. But since they're both wrong, Hatfield doesn't lose any ground on Young. Coco Crisp had 49 in 2011 to tie. Coco Crisp. Oh my. The Coco only Pops, name that cereal. I could think of. That's a good guess yeah, by you. Yeah. Tied Brett Gardner to the Yankees in 2011 for the AL lead. So it remains 2-0. Mike Hatfield in the lead, but Ed Young goes first for question number four. And Ed, Ralph Sampson is the only player from the University of Virginia to be named NBA Rookie of the Year. Is that a fact or is that fiction, Ed Young? Fiction. Ed Young says fiction with a lot of confidence there. Mike Hatfield, Ralph Sampson is the only player from the University of Virginia to be named NBA Rookie of the Year. Do you agree with Coach that it's fiction, or do you think it's a fact? I actually think it's a fact. He actually thinks it's a fact. And I hate to tell you this, Pops, but it is fiction. So Ed is back in the game. Ralph right. Sampson was Rookie of the Year, but so too was Malcolm Brogdon for the Bucks in 2016-17. So Coach is trying to make a comeback here. He can't burn a timeout. No timeouts. It's 2-1. to one. Literally the only na- other name I could think, think of was, was Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon. That's a tricky question, though. So he tricked him up on one, but Pops, you can still make sure you don't lose the game if you get the next one right and Ed misses. So you're up for question Number five, Mike Hatfield. The only two NBA franchises to never produce a rookie of the year are the two we just saw square off in the finals this month the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Is that a fact or is that fiction? I believe it's fiction. He thinks it's fiction. Ed Young. The only two NBA franchises to never produce a rookie of the year are the two we just saw square off in the finals this month. The Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Do you agree with Mike Hatfield that it's fiction, or do you think it's a fact? I believe 100% it's fiction, but I have to probably go out. You can do whatever you want as you cover your eyes and like Uh, think that's going to give you the answer. I'm. I'm. Seems to me somebody on Miami won won Rookie of the Year. I'm going to say fiction. You're going to say fiction. So did he did he just flip flop on that AJ? He was gonna go fact and he said fiction. Well, now he did have to go. He did he have thought to about flop it. out of necessity. Okay, okay. so so yeah. you're going fiction, right? Yes. You're agreeing with Mike Hatfield. It's fiction. To, yeah, I think I think it's true. Ed should have gone with his initial gut instinct because it's a fact, gentlemen. The oh. only two franchises wow. to never have a rookie of the year. The two that just squared off. How bizarre is that? But it means, it means that the score remains two to one, Mike Hatfield, and because. Unfortunately, Pops, as much as I'd like to give you the chance to do this, we got to make you go first because you could agree with Ed to guarantee yourself a victory. So you got to go first for the two-point bonus question, all right? You ready? All right. This is a very pivotal two-point bonus question. It's football now. Nick Saban, who coaches the Alabama Crimson Tide, Nick Saban did not have a winning season during his time as a head coach in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins. Is that a fact or is that fiction? I think it's a fact. You think it's a fact. Ed Young. I have to go fiction. I have to go against him to try to win. <laughs> you don't it. have to. You can take the winner whatever way you want to do. No, I think he had a winning record. You think point. he did? Yeah. Are you talking overall or uh, what? Let me repeat AC? the question. So Mike Hatfield says it's fact. That's what your guess is, right, Dad? First year. You're talking about first year, right? No, no, no. The question is, Nick Saban did not have a winning season during his time as a head coach in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins. Fact okay, or fiction? Okay. 
You're talking about his whole term there, not just the first no, season. No, no, no. Winning season. Just a season, not entire career. Very first season. No, a season. It could be any season. He, he might, you know, it doesn't matter how many seasons. Just a winning season. Fact or fiction? I want to answer that too. You want to change the fiction? Correct. Okay, he's going to change his answer. That that that, you, that, that imbalances AJ. You gonna let him do that? Fair. Okay. He's changed it to fiction. Uh, Wait, had had coach answered yet? Yeah, coach no, did not answer. I, I did not answer. Coach, okay, you can you can I'll go opposite if you want. Nick well, said, I, if I agree with them, I lose automatically. Well, but, but, so Mike had a final answer. Fact or fiction? You going fiction? <laughs> I'm going fiction. He's going fiction. All yeah, right, it's fiction. He he had a winning season. Nick Saban. Nick Saban did not have a winning season. You're going fiction now. I'm saying he did have a winning season. So you think he did? It's fiction. Yes. Okay. So was that your guess? Yes. Okay. Well, you could have gone opposite and won the game, but uh, had you wanted to. But the answer is fiction. This is false That's because Saban coached the Dolphins to a nine and seven record in 2005. That was that so. Mike Hatfield under Ed Young's protest wins the game by a point as he changed his answer. Nice job by you to think it out clearly. Well, I just I was confused at first about it being the very one season, but you said his entire term there. No, a winning season, a winning season, not his entire. It, right, meaning his entire, not his entire career, but a season. Correct. I, I, I initially thought he meant the very first season. I got gotcha. you. Okay. It is a tricky question, but he, he understood it carefully, and you win the game, and Ed loses, which is how this is supposed to go. It is under protest. I, I, I applaud you. I hope for a great Father's Day for you, but I do have to take it under advisement to uh, protest the, um, the the game once again. All right. We'll let you go, Pops. I'll is talk. it safe for Ed to know where we're going to eat when he gets home? No, of- it's not safe because he will come and uh, try to jump you in the bushes. <laughs> have a good one. We'll talk to you again soon. Right, Coming well, up I- next, we will talk with Tayshawn Stevenson of the Phoebus Phantoms going to Old Dominion next here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. All right, we are pleased to be joined by a special guest on our VirginiaPreps.com Zoomcast, also available on our YouTube channel and heard on the flagship home for ODU football. That's Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. People know it as ESPN 94.1. Matt Hatfield here with you. And the newest ODU Monarch football commit from the class of 2024 hybrid linebacker defensive end. He was first team All-State, six foot four, 230 pounds. He was bringing the heat all year long for the undefeated back-to-back State champion Phoebus Phantoms. He's also got a 3.2 GPA in the classroom as well. I'm not sure what his sack total was a season ago, but I imagine he has it for me. We say hello to Tayshawn Stevens. And uh, Tayshawn, congratulations on the commitment to ODU. How's it feel to be a part of Monarch Nation? Um, it feels great. I mean, honestly, I'm really excited. Uh, the staff is excited too. I know my hometown is also excited. I'm just, I'm just blessed and really just proud of myself how far I came. Yeah, you should be. And you come from a football family. We'll get to your older brother being a uh, big name recruit at Phoebus as well. So I'm sure that, that puts some some eyeballs on you and some pressure, some good things there. But tell me, what made you choose Old Dominion? You had a bunch of schools recruiting you. You certainly had a really good uh, junior campaign for the Phoebus Phantoms, part of a great defense that includes Michael McMullen, who I think is now at James Madison, Anthony Reddick, your teammate coming back, who is committed to Maryland. Jordan Bass, who was the state player sure. here now in the ACC at Pittsburgh. What made you decide on Old Dominion and to decide on the Monarchs now? Um, honestly, like, as you said, my brother, like, just watching my brother, he was, as he was getting recruited, going to schools, um, 
ODU just I've, just has always caught my eye, honestly. Um, like even when I was younger, I always knew I wanted to be uh, I wanted to be a hometown here. I always knew I wanted to be in home, close by. Um, ODU, in such a short amount of time, they've came so far. Like they, you know, what I'm saying they always dominate. They beat Virginia Tech. That's, that's like just that's major. Not only that, but just the family, the at the family atmosphere, like. Every time that I'm on campus, it's always love. Um, Coach Ronnie, Coach um, Siller, they always show me love. And the rest of the staff, uh, they just always show me love. It's always it's always good things to hear when I'm on campus. So, yeah. Yeah, not not only being the Hokies once in it, twice, and the place went nuts. They were at SB Ballard Stadium, Cornblow Field in Norfolk, and, and is a big underdog both times. Uh, you mentioned the coaching staff and the vibe. What's it like with Coach Ronnie and, and the group? And what do they like most about you as a football player? Because you are that hybrid outside linebacker, defensive end, probably can play either very effectively. What, do they have a vision for you at either spot specifically? And what's kind of their their uh, conversations with you about as far as what they like about your own game? Um. So basically, I mean, like you said, I'm versatile. They like my versatility. Uh. So honestly, you could probably catch me. You'll be able to see me on the edge, rushing the passer. You would be able to see me as like a will linebacker, just pretty much all over the place. Honestly, I'm just they. That's what they like about me. They like my versatility. Now, you have a nickname. Is it, is it Stevio or Big Stevio? I don't want to butcher this or mess it up. Big is they call me. Uh, my teammates call me. Um, they also call my brother. So it's like just been around. But they call they call me Big Steve or Big Stevo. All right, big Steve. Okay, see, so it's like okay, interesting. Yeah, so, so when when fans of either Phoebus football, the seven five seven in general, or do you put on Big Stevo's highlight tape? What do you think distinguishes you and sets you apart from other edge rushers? Because there's a lot of good ones on the East Coast and around the state of Virginia in the seven five seven, but you're certainly a priority for the Monarchs and other schools that are recruiting you. What do you think separates you and what you bring their program moving forward? Honestly. um, my versatility, um, being able to rush the passer, like I said, rush the passer, dropping coverage, stuff like that. Um, also, my my arsenal as far as what I got in the bag for my pass rushing skills. Um, I don't just bull rush. I actually try to show a little bit of um, speed rushing technique, stuff like that. So I feel like that's definitely what separates me from the rest. Good deal, good deal. I mentioned earlier, did you know, I know it was everybody was eating that Phoebus defense last year. All y'all were getting tackles for losses and sacks and getting donuts after shutouts. What did you, you finish up with TFL and sack-wise? you know off the top of your head? or? I don't know off the top. Honestly, I don't know off the top. I got to check with my coach, but I would uh, estimate I probably would have like – this is not a – it's not a, uh, a like a 100%, but I would okay. guess for sacks – I don't know my tackle for losses, but for sacks it would probably be like – 17, probably. Listen, it's believable because I was at a few of your games where you guys knocked quarterback down about eight, nine, ten times. So I I can believe it. Some people inflate their numbers, but yours, we'll we'll give it to you there. Um, Tell me about your brother a little bit. Obviously, uh, Travion, who played at Phoebus, went to North Carolina. Is he now playing at Norfolk State? I know he was last I checked, I think. Um, No, he's not not playing uh, football no more. He's just sticking to his academics. Gotcha. But obviously he was a big, how much did he help you with the recruiting process and just also your development as a football player? What'd you learn from him? Um, honestly, I learned a lot. I love, I love that guy. That's my brother. I love him. Um, I learned, I learned a lot. Honestly, he showed me like just being with him, like him going on visits, 
Uh, he taught me a lot. Told me what the things to look out for. Um, not just the hype and what's what's popping and stuff like that. He he showed me to what to look out for and things that you need to know about the school and stuff like that. He taught me things like that. Um, on the field, he's always he'll be in the stands out here, and he always critiquing me, telling me good things and telling me things I should work on and stuff like that. He's just always been a, he's always been a great big brother. Now, Phoebus comes a lot of pressure and expectations, and Coach Jeremy Blunt's continuing that tradition as the head man there, and those defenses have been dominant. Last year's was statistically right there with one of the very best, going back to that 2008 group. Uh, tell me what it's like to play for that defense, how much you all in, in embrace that challenge and opportunity to set records and do what you all did alongside some other great players, like I mentioned, in Reddick, McMullen, Bass, and company, oh, where God, I think I almost every one of you guys made all district or all region or all state. I mean, the honors were well-deserved for all of you, and it was probably something yeah. that you'll never forget. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, playing, being able to play for um, Coach Blunt is honestly a blessing. Um, you know, he knows he knows what he's doing. He definitely knows what he's doing. That's without a question. I'm sure you guys know that. State of Virginia knows that. Nation knows that. He definitely knows what he's doing. Um, and as far as me, as far as, like, the defense, I mean, my coach is a defensive guy. Like, even when we're at practice, he doesn't. Say the offense may win a rep. He's like, nah, run that back. We got to redo that so defense gets where we at. So, coach, he knows what he's doing and defense is thing. So, it's great plan from me as a defensive player. That's awesome. And, Seven shutouts, I believe it was, last yeah. year for, for you guys and and just outscoring opponents by about 40 points per game thereabouts. We're, we're talking with uh, Tayshawn Stevenson. He's the newest ODU football recruit from Phoebus High School, getting ready for a senior campaign with the Phenoms, who have a seven-on-seven passing tournament this weekend at Old Dominion in Norfolk. It is part of our Zoomcast, available on virginiapreps.com, the YouTube channel, and on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. And – um. I imagine you all push each other to, to be the best. I mean, the competitions in practice, it makes the games on Thursdays, Fridays, or Saturdays because you play all different days in the peninsula at Darling and Todd Stadium that much easier when you have those fierce battles and competition and practice, does it not? It definitely does. Like like you said, um, my guys, um, there's all my – me personally, I feel like my whole team, they're all dogs. Um, but like you said, like some similar people that you mentioned, um, my boy Trey, Trey Riddick, uh, Michael McMullen, Jordan Bass. I mean, really, when you're at practice, and those are defensive guys. So I mentioned my boy Pop too. He he's plays corner. Y'all y'all hear about him, but um, okay. I mean, basically, like we always put Ricardo Underwood, always, right? Ricardo Underwood yeah, is Pop, right? Yeah, Ricardo. Okay. My bad. Yeah, that's. His I give him a shout bad. out though. He got the nickname. You but, guys have good nicknames, which is good. Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, we always push each other. We always want to see each other strive for greatness, whether it's in the weight room. I mean academic wise just anything just good character period like we always we're we're really close we're uh we're good teammates and not only good teammates we're also good brothers too so yeah hey sean, hey sean just thought of this too i mean some kids when they go off from high school to college they want to get away from home or be close to home those type of things and you mentioned about being the hometown kid as far as the defensive schemes and the winning mentality do you see a lot of similarities and things that will make it a seamless transition for you from Phoebus to Old Dominion, where it's not as much of a learning curve, and it's going to be helped you from what you've had to deal with in high school so that you get to Old Dominion, it gives you a, maybe a better chance than some other kids getting on the field sooner. What's your kind of take on that? 
Um, can you repeat like uh yeah, I mean, just yeah. do you think the seamless transition? Do you think doing what you've done at Phoebus, playing all these big games, championship games, and, and what Coach Blunt has put you all through, will that make it easier for you than some others perhaps to get on the field? Obviously, you gotta do the work, it doesn't it doesn't come easy, but do you think that gives sure. you maybe a little, a little bit of a leg up in your eyes or um honestly, most definitely, yeah. I mean, uh my future coaches at ODU, they as they're recruiting me, they told me that we I came from a a great program and we come from a like Phoebus is really competitive. We don't really, you know, you know how it is. Like we're really competitive. We don't really do that. Um, we don't like to lose. So I definitely think it, it definitely will help me on the next level at playing at um, Old Dominion University. Yeah. I think there's that dominant performance you all had on that Saturday in the season against Oscar Smith who had beaten you the year before, even though you won a state title, they won a state championship, opened a lot of eyes and it probably made the playoff journey for you all wouldn't say easy, but like if we can do this, it's going to be hard for everybody to beat us if we play our A game. And as you as you flip ahead to this coming year, uh, Tayshawn, give me a thought on on the group and trying to win a, a third in a row, a three peat. But you move up to a different division in uh, class four from class three, so you got to be excited about that. I would think. Yeah, I definitely am excited about that. I'm ready for the the new uh, competition we got. Um, and I mean, there's going to be adversity. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be always politics you know all that talk but we're we're just ready to work we're just coming for it all we're not really focused on the politics and what happens and all the tweets and the social media and stuff like that we know what we have to accomplish every day as soon as we walk through that door at phoebus we know all we already know what we got to do so i'm not really stressing about it i know my guys got my back and i got their back so we're definitely coming for that three feet all right, well, good deal. Before we let you run, you ready to play some rapid fire with us? Yes, sir. Here we go with Tayshawn Stevenson, big Stevo from Phoebus High School, headed to Old Dominion to play his college football. All right, favorite TV show is what? Favorite TV show? I don't really have one. You so you don't have one? Yeah, I don't really have one for real. I mean, I do like Stranger Things. I do like Stranger Things. I have been Stranger Things? Okay. All right. Good deal. All right. Give me uh, your favorite movie then. You got a favorite movie? Favorite movie? Ah, uh, oh, damn. I don't even have one of those either. I got a whole bunch of them. Okay. You got a whole bunch. All right. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple no, of favorite Not movies. one that, that separates from others. Okay. Well, g g give me this one. What's your go-to fast food joint? Go right, I got yeah, I got this one in the bag. So my favorite fast food place is definitely probably Wendy's. Yeah, definitely Wendy's. All right, he's a Wendy's guy. Okay, get a Who, uh, you can visit one place in the world. Where are you going? Probably one place in the world. I would love to travel all around the world, but if I could go to one place, it would probably be um, – I really want to go to Hawaii. Want to go to Hawaii? Okay. Yeah, I really want to go to Hawaii. I want to see what the hype's about. All right, a few more for you. What's what is uh your go-to hype song? Go-to hype song. Yeah. Pre-game um, routine. To, yeah. I listen to a couple like local rappers for hype songs, but as far as like mainstream, I'll probably say. I mean, everybody likes. Huh, I don't even know. That's a hard question too. Probably call this rapid fire. I know I can't do it. I'm I suck at this. 
Um, rapid. Let me see. Favorite. Here, listen, your strength is getting after quarterbacks and hitting people in the football yeah, field. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. So no one rapper you go to. All right, so you, you ain't got a okay, tune. You can tell me when the season opens. You're, this is going to be in your in, most in your definitely. Head. I can tell you. I can tell okay. you. I can tell you two two rappers most definitely. Um, okay. I gotta go. I gotta go with Lil Uzi, Lil Uzi okay. Burke. and then another one. Um, I like. I listen to like rock star rappers, so I like uh, Destroying Lonely too. Also. Okay. okay. Yeah. Last two for you. Uh, NFL player. Probably a defensive player that you enjoy watching the most on Sundays is who? Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons. You, are you a Cowboys oh, fan or no? Not a Cowboys fan. I'm actually a 49ers fan, but okay. Fred Warner also. Fred Warner also. But I, I like I like what Michael Parsons does. So you've enjoyed the last two playoff exits for Dallas then with that, uh, being a 49ers That's fan. True. And lastly, lastly for uh, Tayshawn Stevens, this will get somebody in trouble, hopefully not you. Who does the best imitation of Coach Blunt on the Phoebus football team? Okay, I'll be doing up downs until till the till the last day of August. I I think. Coach, yeah, most definitely. Um, the best. Nobody really has tried it. Nobody really has tried it this year. Okay. But probably, well, give me give me a pass guy then. Give me the pass guy because he can't make that kid run if he's a pass guy. Okay, you're right. Um, let me see. Now I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a new guy. I'm gonna give you a new guy. Okay, give me a new um, guy. Probably my boy. Probably probably pop. Probably pops. Oh boy. Okay. We'll have to yeah. I'll have to catch him. Maybe maybe when when he gets a, a third state title in a row, I'll get him to do it for me. So, uh, Tayshawn Stevenson, thank you so much for this. Look forward to watching you ball up for your senior year with the Phoebus Phantoms, and then at Old Dominion University with the Monarchs. So, all the best to you and your family, and I will talk to you again soon. All right. Nice talking to you. Thank you. That is Please the pass rushing stud. Absolutely. That's the pass rushing stud from Phoebus High, soon to be of Old Dominion, Tayshawn Stevenson with us here on VirginiaPreps.com, part of our Zoomcast, available on the YouTube channel and heard across the 757 and beyond on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.